0: Panther fans want to keep pounding for the war, 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 the war, the war, the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this, this, this,
1: this is Views is from Midstreet.
0: Now, here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another arousing rendition of the Views from Midstreet podcast, your home For Carolina Panther football talk, we are glad to have you. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show, which airs 9 to noon weekdays on 97.7. The fan upstate in Greenville, South Carolina, home uh, of the Carolina Panthers in our area and right in the heart of Panthers country. And of course, joining me as always, my co-host, my partner in crime. He is the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, or should I say, and we'll find out here in mere seconds. Lonzo's got the hair slicked back. He has covered himself in baby oil. He is shirtless, ready to cut promos because the return, ladies and gentlemen, of the evil version of Lonzo, the heel version, the bad guy, 1980s, I'm here to take out Hulk Hogan brother version of Lonzo, Lorenzo Wrightsell is in the building. Why? Because Lonzo is not particularly happy with the comments of one uh, head coach of the Carolina Panthers earlier in the week. The tank is on. They've made it all but obvious. And Lorenzo Wrightsell, ladies and gentlemen, is here to make sure you know that he is not a big fan. You know, ordinarily, I would go on this big three or four or five-minute monologue to start this off and then kick it to Lonzo. Instead, I am just going to hand the reins to Lorenzo and sit back and enjoy predominantly because I don't want him uh, to drop a chair shot on me because I have upset him further. Uh, Lorenzo, would you like to talk about the Steve Wilkes press conference earlier in the week and the reaction that you had to it?
1: All right. First of all, Kendo sticks in standby. Uh, I've multiple. I'm willing to wield them and swing them with all my might. I And I I know I'm not the only Panther fan who's hurt, disgusted, and angry over what I saw just a few days ago in a press conference where, you know, the media, it's the same guys every time. They're out in the media pool. They're asking the same questions. But a question was asked of Steve Wilkes, one that was a very good question. And the way he answered the question It just, my heart sunk, and I just, I just, I I just audibly yelled, what? I did, I did uh, frightened some people when I did it, because I cannot believe that he said what he said. So he was, he was, he started a press conference off by saying, and and this kills us, because we just talked about, hey, Baker Mayfield's back with what he did, drove him to three straight touchdowns, looked really good, especially compared to P.J. Walker, and he starts the, stinking press conference off with PJ Walker is our starter. Matter of factly, like it's not going to be that big of a deal. And you can hear a pin drop in the media room and media people are loud. They breathe loud. They talk loud. Obviously I'm one of them. I know what it's like. And and then the question was asked in the, and I'm paraphrasing, but that's all right. In the past, uh, you have talked about your distaste for tanking, how does starting PJ Walker not say that you're tanking? And what does Steve Wilkes say? He could go into this long diatribe about how what he's done in the past about, oh, we're just a, we're about winning, we're taking it, you know, we're winning the day and the Panther way and keep pounding and 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 all these cliches that he could say, all these things that he could say to, to, to quiet the media down, to quiet the fans down. Well, he did quiet the media down. He said, trust the process. Trust the process. So the process of tanking. We're supposed to trust the process of tanking. I didn't believe for a second. Rob Brown has talked about how he's kind of okay with tanking. I'm not okay with tanking. He just got up there and told everybody, by the way, Baker looked good. Let's go back to the fourth string quarterback who threw two interceptions and completed only one other pass. This is ridiculous. I would tell Panther fans to not come to the stadium, but they're not coming to the stadium. It's like, there's like 25 guys still kind we would get rid of those 25. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get what is the advantage to this and why sit up there and, and man, don't say you don't like tanking when you're just about to tank. I need, I need to take a drink or something.
0: I was going to say, all right, take a deep yes. breath. You got this. Uh <laughs> All right, so I've said a number of times that the L to the Falcons pretty much engaged the tank. But we go into the game against Cincinnati last Sunday, and we're in a spot where we are technically a game-and-a-half back of Atlanta, right? We could tie. They got the ha- they got the heads-up tiebreaker because they beat us. But we also knew that effectively, uh, what, 12 days later, we were going to face them again on a Thursday night in Charlotte, the all-black unis, which we're going to talk about in a minute because they are, and I know I'm 37 and too old to use this word, but I'm going to anyway, dope as it gets. We knew well, we had another square up.
1: banging or, or I don't know. Yeah, whatever you want to call LS. them. Yeah, They're yeah, good-looking
0: okay. unis. And we're going to talk about those in a minute. But before we get there, let's finish this thought. You had a game against the Cincinnati Bengals on the road. I said last week in the pod, I really did think that the strengths of this team running the football and a solid front defense against an overmatched Cincinnati defensive line matched up pretty well with their weaknesses, which were the weak offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. And the fact that if you keep Joe Burrow off the field, you got a real good chance of winning the football game. We went into that game against Cincinnati, which we broke down earlier in the week on the pod. And we did not do the things that we are best at doing. We did not run the ball. When we did run the ball, we didn't run the ball. Well, Uh, PJ Walker as Lonzo pointed out threw 10 passes. Three of them were complete. Two of them were picked off. And it was a grand total of nine yards. We brought in Baker. Now all of a sudden sands Matt rule. Bake was able to sling it around a little bit, picked up 21 points worth of touchdowns. Unfortunately down 35 at the half. It was too little, too late at that point. But you win that game. You do the things you need to do and you win that football game. And you are now square with the Falcons, who lost to the Chargers the same day. On some fluky stuff, by the way. The end of that game was wild. If you did not watch it, go back and watch it. Uh, The misfortune of Atlanta is always hilarity to me. But you win that game, and you find yourself tied with Atlanta in the overall record and a half game back with the chance to get them back five days later on a Thursday night in the bank. Momentum on your side if you beat Cincinnati. Everything goes your direction, but we did not beat Cincinnati. We didn't just not beat Cincinnati. We got hammered by the Bengals in that game in a 42-21 game that wasn't particularly as close as the scoreboard made it indicate. And at that point, now effectively, Uh, a game and a half behind Atlanta, a win over the Falcons on Thursday, frankly, doesn't matter. They still hold the heads up advantage. And despite the fact that we have the easier schedule between now and the end of the year, you've also got Tampa out there. And it would appear after this past weekend, despite an ugly game by the Buccaneers, Tom Brady drove that team into the teeth of a relatively good LA Ram defense and beat them. I'm not saying Tampa's back, Brady's back. But he looked like the Tom Brady we expected preseason, and they finished a game that earlier in the year they otherwise probably would not have finished. There's some momentum in Tampa. So we now find ourselves tied with New Orleans in the bottom of a bad division and still unable to put ourselves at the top of it. The tank is engaged. But what Lonzo's upset about, and rightfully so, is that Steve Wilkes got straight up asked to his face, as Lonzo pointed out, what do you say to people who claim this is a tank move? And his answer was, trust the process and trust my decision-making. Now, if Bill Belichick, in the middle of a run with Tom Brady, says that, I'm good with it, right? If any number of coaches say that, right in the middle of a good run, I'm good with it. You're right. You see eyes on practice every day. You're the guy that knows these guys better than anybody else. I will trust the decision-making process of the head coach about what he decides to do personnel-wise. But where you lose me is when you sent out a quarterback who completed three out of 10. He put two of those 10 into the arms of another team, and he combined for a total of nine passing yards. And you're going to tell me, that, that guy deserves the start more so than the guy who came in and cleanup up duty and threw three touchdowns against the same team. I, I'm not a mathematician. Uh, I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not a rocket scientist. I did not say in a Holiday Inn Express last night. But three touchdowns versus three of ten plus two picks for nine yards seems relatively easy. I am not as upset about this by Lonzo uh, or as Lonzo is because I accepted tanking two weeks ago. Right. I, I, I put the writing was on the wall for me the minute the final whistle blew in Atlanta and they knocked us off. I, I the, the writing was on the wall. We're a tank job now. I have already accepted that, but I get where Lonzo's coming from, I think, and clear, uh, clarify if I'm wrong here. So you still want to have a little bit of pride about yourself. I, again, I've I've left that behind me. I've accepted it. I'm good with it. To go with the guy who completed three passes, two of his other seven went into the hands of another player and they were worth nine total yards. Uh, Is a tank job and there's nothing else to it. And in saying it the way he said it, it even though he legal, well, not legally, but, but, but by the rules of the National Football League, cannot come out and say, yeah, we suck and we're tanking. I think Lonzo's just upset about the fact that eh, it's pretty damn blatantly honest what's happening here and they're not just owning it for what it is
1: see the problem is the message just suddenly changed it said i every day every time he was up at the podium he had a uh, positivity about him to the point where you thought that he really is trying to win well that's gone it's just, just suddenly gone yeah cincinnati put up some points on the Panthers. And maybe part of this is he was a defensive coordinator. He's now the interim head coach and that defense said, "Nah, not today." The defense just decided to not show up and I and we we went over that a bunch already. But the defense didn't show up and maybe he went. You know what? If you guys ain't going to try, I ain't going to try. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe maybe part of him died that day against the Bengals and he decided that that's it, I'm done. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe he got a directive from somewhere, which is more than likely what happened, and was told not to try. I I can't handle it when people don't try. And then they put it up there, I'm not going to try. And if you can make the media room shut up to where they have no more questions, you have stunned people who ask questions for a living. No one could believe that he said that. I just, uh, it's, it's still, I still am in awe of how shocked I actually was.
0: <laughs> I can tell you from sharing an office with Lonzo at the radio station, which we affectionately refer, refer to as the fortress of nerditude. Uh, Lonzo was as heated as I have seen Lonzo in a minute and a half. He was upset about it. And, and this is, this is why I've been saying, like I said, this is why I've been saying for two, two weeks now, embrace the tank. It is what we are. You don't have to like that's what we are, but it is what we are now. Beating Atlanta, yeah, there's some pride in beating your divisional rival, but it does nothing other than give us that little boast of pride, right? Like uh, beating New Orleans, great win. Felt good at home. I was at that game. Felt good to get the win over New Orleans, but it is, it's accomplished nothing for us other than the ability to look at Saints fans and go, ha ha, gotcha! Even when we suck, we're better than you. And sure, that's that's all fun and well and good. But and this is going to lead to what we're going to talk about in the next segment because I've got a bit of a I'm gonna I'm gonna lovingly refer to it as a conspiracy theory that I've laid out to Lonzo. I'm gonna lay it out to you guys and let you react and and tell me what you think about it by tweeting us at the Rob Brown Show or at Lonzo on Word. I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory that's got a couple of moving parts to it, all of which revolve back around to we're in a bad spot. We are in a spot where we're going to tank. And there's another reason on top of that, that PJ Walker is going to start this game coming up on Thursday. So when we come back in a minute, we're going to talk about that. And then we'll get into the X's and O's of Carolina versus Atlanta. I was on the Atlanta podcast earlier on Wednesday, the Peachtree Football Podcast, which is also available on the Odyssey Network. And they asked me, you know, what do we expect to see out of the offense? And my answer was, I guess we'll see.